on the Spencer's the Pez. Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest. Watch animated chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie. <laughs> Sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor. I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. I'm a nerd over boys. It's the fanboy planet. No ship's gonna run aground on this shore. No, thank you. Here is your host. Men and equipment working, Derek McCaw. No. It's a sign in the it's, safe It house. is a sign. <laughs> it is. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are podcasting from the undisclosed location known as Lon Lopez's safe house. Unfortunately. Not terribly safe because apparently Lon himself is not here tonight, but we got in anyway. Got not as safe as we thought. Okay. Uh, anyway, it is uh, Wednesday, May tenth, or no, wait, Wednesday, May 9th. I'm you know sorry. What else is weird? What else is weird? I haven't heard a train yet. Why would you say something like that out loud? So we are podcasting from the apocalypse. Great, great, Rick. Thanks. At least we're safe. All my fault. Safe in this house again. I knew that was how it was going to happen again. Congratulations, Thank Rick. You. You've ruined Western civilization <laughs> again. Okay. Thanks for messing it up for all of us. Anyway, sorry. Uh, to my right is our guest announcer, uh, becoming a regular on the podcast, but uh, tonight stepping in as announcer because well, he's Lon, fairly regular. Lon was taken down by the zombies. I am Nate. Don't call me Raul Costa. Thanks, Raul. And uh, across podcast producer, moral compass, Rick Bon Vivant, Brett Snyder, mm-hmm. like who is also bon fairly Vivant. regular. Yes. Well, he takes Metamucil. That's, <laughs> yes. Salad for dinner. I noticed Very that. healthy. And then we'll probably notice it again in about an hour and a half. So, because uh, <laughs> it was McDonald's salad. <laughs> so, congratulations. Sam? What do we got on the agenda? Well, we got on, on the that note. agenda. We don't tell what's on the agenda. We've got comics news. We've got movies. At TV, and of course, we're podcasting the, the week after Free Comic oh, Book cool. Day. And the Avengers opened. Hey, <laughs> no, That's pretty much it. That's so, it. hey, spoilers are on, listeners, for the Avengers movie. That's right. We got spoilers. We get spoilers for books, too. So, uh, you guys got to be take this with a grain of salt. Download it. Listen to it after you've seen Listen to it after Go you've read see the, the Avengers now. If you haven't seen already, turn off your device. Unless it's hooked up to something that keeps you going. Because I really wanted to uh, talk about the spoilers in the Free Comic Book Day uh, Smurfs, Smurfs book. book? Okay. Yeah. Uh, some pretty, uh, pretty shocking Pretty deep, shocking wow. events. And, That's been uh, building up for a while, too. Tinkerbell? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. See, the, right. uh, That's a double-sider. Well, you know, Smurfs is kind of a will-they-or-won't-they. The romantic tension's been... You know, I wondered. I wondered I about feel that. Pretty bad about that joke. So let's just. Stop I wonder now. about Free Comic Book Day, and you know, there are some stores that let you take four or five books, right? So if you were in, if you, if the store had both of those covers up, right, and they yeah. said, okay, you take four, and they grabbed that one twice, I, right? I think that probably happened. I, I imagine it happens happy. a lot. Uh, yeah. So um, let's kind of run down. So we, we're going to talk about Free Comic Book Day. We're going to talk about uh, digital comics. Yes. Uh, it's been a big week in digital comics news. Mm-hmm. And we're also, I just want to mention something about Marvel and uh, and their p- 
paper stock is changing. Oh, so, oh. Again, really? so we're going to preview this. So uh, anyway, uh, let's start with. I have, free- an, I have an anecdote about that. Okay, so let's talk about Free Comic Book Day first. Uh, we were. Uh, we just mocked the Smurfs. Uh, Tinkerbell. We were in different parts of California. For, we uh, were. I uh, stopped by Earth Two, uh, in Sherman Oaks. Uh, visited uh, the lovely Car D'Angelo. Yeah, uh, friend of the program. Car friend of the program, and let's say. And, and his story is. And Earth Two. Earth I two, think right. I said that up top. Well, you know, some people might think you were uh, actually on Earth universe. Two. I was. It was a slightly older version of Car, about twenty <laughs> years older, and he wore a different costume. Doesn't have the gray at the temples. Uh, that seems counterintuitive. Okay. Uh, and. That w- and <laughs> it's gone Grecian formula. Oh, jeez. Anyway, uh, so uh, it, it did my heart good. That was a fantastically uh, crowded store. Uh, and uh, Carl and I spoke briefly, uh, and one of the things he said was, it seems like Free Comic Book Day is, has filtered into the American consciousness so easily that really it is becoming now about store promotion, individual store promotion, and not about just get people into stores. We don't care where. Uh, which is kind should, of a nice it shift. Should be. Which I is kind of a nice shift. Uh, you want to go to a store where you feel welcome, where you can see how the stores run, you know, that, that you meet the people who yeah. run it. And, yeah. he, and he told me that he had actually, uh, as far as success, only made slightly less than, uh, you know, I won't throw the actual numbers around, that's his business, but, you know, that slightly less than the year before when they had the celebrity signing of Jeff Johns. Oh, and yeah, so he's a co-owner of the store. Of the other enough. one, they okay. have two. There are two or two uh, stores. Uh, I was the one in Sherman Oaks, and the other one's in Northridge. It was the uh-huh. former secondary site of Golden Apple, and they bought it. Uh, Carr and Jeff Johns bought it, and uh, became, so it's Earth two. two Two. It's Earth Two Two. Yes, hmm. uh, run by a lovely gentleman named Darren, who uh, manages that store. Uh, he's a great guy. I shouldn't say run by because Carr still owns it, right? But I did. Darren manages that store. So uh, uh, I did not make it out to Northridge. I tried to make it out to Heidi Ho, but uh, down in Santa Monica. Another store. Another store. <laughs> okay. uh, Is that the one on uh, near the promenade? Or wherever yes, but they've changed locations since the last time I was there, so I never found it oh, in trying time. to find parking and planning to go see the Avengers You again. couldn't uh, find the Heidi Ho. It was, uh, no, because it was uh, Santa Monica. Okay. Little, you know, and I'm not good at that sort of thing. All right. You know. I work in downtown San Jose. It's a little blunter there because I know that's where you're going, you pig. What? Just because just because Lon's not here, don't pick up the slack. I, I was just picking up the slack. I was born in don't, LA. Don't I know all that the slack. I know, so I know that uh, no, it used to be it used to be on Santa Monica Boulevard and, and easy yeah, to find, yeah. and it's now off someplace. Oh. And it was just and the problem was just really crowded because shocking. I, yeah, yeah, really shocking. Yeah. So uh, so books. So, books. Let's talk about what they're. First of all, let's go with the big two. We both, yep. we all, we all had have a chance to read the new Fifty Two, mm-hmm. the DC book, mm-hmm. the DC book that spotlights the new Fifty Two. Yeah. Well, I mean, it spotlights, but it's it new Fifty Two number one. Mm. That's confusing. It is. Like, uh, is there going to be a number two? I don't. And think it features so. Superman, Wonder Woman, and Batman on the cover, and the three of them barely appear inside. Uh, but Pandora got the is the big Pandora red Pandora. thing Don't looming Pandora. in the background, in which we discover that, uh, as had been implied in Justice League number six, that there's a, a huge uh, universe-spanning <coughs> crossover involving the three sinners. Yeah, but I did sinners. like I did like the opening part where they talk about magic, and that the that these things that were these people who were invested with the magic were not necessarily the the best, or that they're, they're flawed and they're they're not necessarily uh, 
Uh, they were just there. They kind of got it. Well, there's uh, Black Bison. Uh, it looks like Black Bison. Somebody looks like Isis. Yeah. Uh, somebody looks like Samurai from Super Friends. And uh, I miss Shazam. I just want the concept of Shazam, yeah. the ancient wizard. Yeah. But it, it's like the line is, a time when those who first harnessed its power believed it to be their responsibility to protect the world. So they took it upon themselves right. in their own way to protect the world, which kind of sets up the kind of bad decisions that they're making. Are these the new DC um, editors? Board? <laughs> board of directors? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, the guy in the middle does look like Dan DiDio. Yeah. Uh, so it's, he has more mm-hmm. hair. And then we have three people genuflecting in front of them in chains. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's prostrating. I don't think it's genuflecting. Genuflecting so. is a very different thing. Okay. Uh, you've got Pandora. You've got Judas. And you've got the identity of the third sinner is does have a superhero identity. Uh, maybe that's who it is. Uh, yeah. It looks a lot like Roy Harper. No, he's angry. Um, kind of a redhead. Yeah, he's a ginger. Uh, yeah. So, um, Howdy Doody is the third sinner. <laughs> and, uh, no, I'm... I. Here's the thing. I, I a few months ago I called it that the Phantom Stranger was Judas. Yes. I don't very, very dramatic exposure to the coins in this one. Yes. Yeah. I don't like. Well, it was dramatically drawn when Pandora hit him, and the the coin and the the chain connecting his cape together was revealed to be coins melted together. They, but they never called them coins, right? They, in right. this one, it's it's definitely right. It was know. subtle. It was, in a rare moment of New 52-ness, <laughs> there was a subtle reference to him being Judas, and they called it. But in here, um, they say that the Phantom Stranger now has a mission to be a witness to the harm that man's greed can do. And I don't like that his... And towards what point? Yeah, that his mission... To witness. Wasn't there a character... There was a witness character in the 12, wasn't it? Uh, the witness, yeah. yes. The witness. Uh, and, and, and even in Crisis, there was Pariah. Right, Pariah was... Which was fine. Did that serve that? But it was Pariah to... You know, was a witness to disaster. I'm yeah. fine with that. But that the Phantom Stranger is somehow diminished, not just by being identified right. as Judas. And I don't... And, and one of the reasons I don't like that is because it means that the Phantom Stranger hasn't always been here which i've always liked about the implication of that he yeah. predated and understood the civilizations that were there before the year zero if you will plus it's kind of they kind of sets him up to be like a watcher character yeah i was gonna say and that's not but that's, and not, that's what not what, what he's been that's he, not what he is yeah i, I mean well, i guess it is now in the new 52 maybe it is he steps in he he circumvents the right. the evil things that are about to happen he knows what's going on or he manipulates people to do the same thing right he's not just an observer no and so I don't like that. Pandora, well, we all know that Pandora kind of got a raw deal, and she stands in for, you know, has always stood in for in ancient Greece uh, for the legend of, of Eve in in, right. in in the Hebrew legends, uh, and now, of course, Judeo-Christian tradition. But you're going to punish Pandora instead. Um, and they were mean to her. They, they were, were very mean they to were. her. And she cried. It's going to be okay. Lots. All she did was open but a But she gets, she gets badass later on in the storyline. She does. And then the third sinner is, spoiler, we don't know who his original identity is, but now he's the question. Which just sucks. And the reason would be is that right now I would say that if 
that um, Steve Ditko has put up with a lot of people misinterpreting and misunderstanding his work. And I'm not saying that I agree with Steve Ditko's interpretation of life and justice and all those things. But if anything would cause Steve Ditko to actually rise up and take arms <laughs> against a sea of DC editors, it would be this very, very basic misunderstanding of what he created the question to do. It, it could just – you're, you're being forgiving when you're saying misunderstanding rather than just be saying abusement of what he had tried to do. That, that I think they fully understood what he had done. They're just saying we own the rights to this character. We want to write him a different and way. And wouldn't it be cool if – If, yeah. The we, question was a mystical character even though right. the question has never been a mystical character. And the question is so much cooler appearing to be a metaphysical character when he's really just a down-to-earth guy with a little bit of cool tech. And by the way, by the way, people, when we talk metaphysical, I mean he got very philosophical, especially when Denny sure. O'Neill wrote him. That was a great run. That was excellent. Um, you know, when we talk metaphysical, we're not talking supernatural. Uh, it's just, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm just bothered by it. If you wanted to make Vic Sage the question again, yeah. I was all for that because Renee Montoya never really fit well. They didn't know what to do with her visually. They didn't do anything with her. They, she was in that book of cr- uh, crime or the the crime Bible thing. Um, didn't do any, I mean, no. I mean, they were they were trying, and part of it yeah. was that the person who drove that change was Greg Rucka, and Greg Rucka finally left DC, and so no one else really knew what to yeah. do with that direction for Renee Montoya. But I also think visually, they no artist could settle on a version of her as the they question. They just tried to dress her like that would Vic be interesting. That would be interesting. You a know? hat, like her. So, um, they, I, I do have to, there was one funny thing about this, because they, they do use this as kind of an over overview of a lot of stuff that's going on in 52. If you know that's what's going on, yeah. But when you get to this panel where they're talking about it's uh, it's in Washington, D.C., and they're, it's one of these shadowy organizations, Steve, Steve Trevor's there, and the Etta Candy, who we will never be able to look at and say, that's Etta Candy. No. Um, but you, when you saw that book on the table, what did you think? Did you, I wanted to I, I didn't. Really, well, okay, I'm gonna. I thought it got incredibly meta for a second. I I, I look at that. I glance like at that Prime, where Superboy Prime <laughs> is reading. Comic no, much books more basic. Oh no, this was okay. This was the book that was written by the end of issue six of Justice. League. I, I believe I believe you're correct. When I saw this, I thought it was the collection of all the fifty two first issues. <laughs> on the table. They have so many to give away. They had to shoot them into the new fifty two universe. <laughs> Grant Morrison's uh, panoptic thick enough, and the table is bending a little under its weight. Yeah. Which, by the way, I should mention, uh, this week we also received an invitation to buy tickets to Morrison Con in Las Vegas. Okay. Which is over, uh, if I read this correctly, now may I glance and I might be overreacting, it might be over $700 just to attend. Wow. Hmm. I'm a big Jim Morrison fan, but I don't know if I'd pay $700 to... Oh, Rick. Oh, Rick. No? What did I say about taking Lon's place? I did that much No better. one can. I did um, much better. No one should. <laughs> no one would. And if he didn't have the key to this place, no one would. <laughs> so just be, we got Nate. He's fine. Yeah. Um, so do you want to skip through the rest of this? Um, well, they do. They do a quick preview of Earth Two. Yeah, uh, you know, in a reference. We to the do. Page. We do get a big gatefold. Fold out a, pages a four, in the at Which first, I didn't realize this was a continuation panel. 
I just I'm thought, kind of feeling like they've done a really bad job in the last couple of months of where they place their ads. Yeah, well, they've, they've got they've got the storyline goes yeah. to an ad that is that folds out right. to a the, it's the cross-eyed uh, superhero figures again which that folds out to which two page. We mentioned to being really great fans of. But then that the centerfold of this folds out into a four-page spread, which is actually a continuation of the story. But because it's got all this stuff at the bottom, all the credits and, and things that are at the bottom, it actually just looks like an ad. I, I, had, I looked at this for a while before I realized, oh, Superman's delivering the punchline to the line in the previous page. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and any revelations in this gatefold, which had been revealed online a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, we have the return of Vibe, yes, the, the most beloved dead member of the Justice League. I've been waiting for him. Um, yeah, uh, a character that we are arguing about is that Black Adam or the cursed Shazam. I I don't know for sure. Yeah, um, but Dead Man is tickling his tummy. Well, that's just because they're friends. Oh, very close. Sometimes friends. when you're not in North Carolina. Well, see, it's appropriate today that that would be allowed. Uh, and then the element woman who appeared, or element girl who appeared in Flashpoint, Flashpoint. Yeah. Uh, makes her new 52. Actually an interesting character, Not uh, had some personality Potentially, disorders. and there is reference to the Orb of Raw having been uh, stolen. stolen, so we know that that existed. Hawkman. Hawkman there, but we've known him. Uh, the Adam, Ryan Chin? Choi. Choi, well. Ryan Choi. Sorry, Ryan Chin is an artist. did uh, Ryan Choi die? But that was pre-New 52. Oh, my God. And we know that Ray Palmer does not, has very specifically in Frankenstein, Agent right. of Shades, said he doesn't want to be a superhero. Right. So Ryan Choi could be alive again. Uh, and then a Green Lantern who is probably Jon Stewart. Well, he's maybe an African it's a completely art. different guy. Because, I mean, we've seen Jon Stewart. He looks like Jon Stewart. He's not wearing that on his head. Right. But right. it doesn't mean it's not Jon Stewart. It doesn't mean it's not, but it also doesn't mean it is. That's true. That's, That's true. true. That's true. So, uh, and then it folds back into an ad for uh, the volume one of the Justice League. And the remainder of the book is a series of ads. Of ads for the war that time forgot, appearing in GI Combat, Batman Incorporated. Nice to see it coming back. That, actually, I really like the art in that. I'm really, and, and a book dial that H. off of the second wave that I loved was this Dial H that came out last week. Um, really cool. This boy chimney character, really cool idea. Everything about it. Um, by China. How do you spell his last name? Is it Mel- Mayville? Mayville. Mayville. Um, I think it's Mayville, like a, Herman Melville. That's not like Herman Melville at all. It's <laughs> that would, starts with an M. Okay. Oh. Um, it was Actually, a, I like the second character in that, who, character in that book better. Uh, than, Captain Lacrimos. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I like that idea too. I, I wasn't a big fan of the art of the normal people on on the normal people. Uh huh. But I like the way the boy. You know, I didn't buy. I didn't buy that the guy was obese enough to have health problems. Oh, I did. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> please. You're not fat enough to be. Yeah. Okay. Unhealthy. Oh, Rick. Oh well. You live in such a perfect world. I eat salads. I Go know. ahead. I know. What's that? A salad. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then I don't know if we talk about a character named Boy Chimney who smokes like one. <laughs> um, so. Sure that uh, there's Earth a, two. a little preview page for Earth 2. With all the characters that disappear halfway through the book, never right. be seen and again. Then, what? Uh, well, they're killed. Why did I buy that? Uh, and then uh, Huntress and Power Girl. Um, World's Finest. World's Finest, right, is officially the name of that book. Um, now, can we go back to Huntress and Power Girl right there? Yes, we can. Is that not Supergirl and... Uh, right, on Earth else? 2, that's who they are. They're Supergirl and Robin. 
And then they get trans teleported to this to to the new fifty two in the earth in the in the Earth two book they go through a rip a boom tube rip in time boom boom tube tube. is it a boom tube yes okay so they oh that's why they go on and on about how the boom tubes are not always identities because that happened or did they run into Supergirl because there's there's already a Robin the Supergirl on our but how do they know that they don't yet this is they're just woken up and then they they wake up on the beach but then they immediately see a newspaper that explains everything. Because DC took out odds. And so their initial goal is to try to get back to Earth 2. And they've been just kind of lurking around for five years. Dating Mr. Terrific. Yes, Power Girl has so been So that dating. was Power Girl and Mr. Yes, Terrific? Yes, that was, yes. Hmm. Uh, and then she decides to become Power Girl because there's already a Supergirl. And okay. there's a rough implication that Helena has been operating as a huntress all along. Okay. And that's who you've been seeing in Birds of Prey and in the solo book, but posing as Helena Bertinelli and not Helena Wayne. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, I thought, you know. It is, it is a departure for Power Girl costumes, by the way. A, a little more demure, shall Slightly we say? more demure. <laughs> but there is one panel that acknowledges it, like, uh, you know, look, and she doesn't open, and she says, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the, Ravagers. the Ravagers, which I didn't read, but Beast Boy, Terra, Lightning Thunder, Rioge. And Fairchild. And Fairchild was... Oh, Ridge. I'm sorry. Ridge. <laughs> Rioge. That was just a bad Rioge. Rioge. I think that's French. Well, you see, the way they've got these commas placed yeah. in the early ones, it does look like Rioge and Thunder. <laughs> Thunder. Uh, Actually, I'm bummed out about this because I'm a big Gen 13 fan. I've been watching Fairchild in the Superboy book. Uh-huh. And I was hoping she was going to break out into something that wasn't just one Gen 13 character and a bunch of people I don't care about. Right. Um, sorry. Uh, well, I like Beast Boy. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I have yeah. no idea about Ridge. And then uh, back to GI Combat. Um, that book's still around. Oh, that's uh, Un- Unknown Soldier. Uh, oh, that's G. the unjo- no, That's right. That's right. GI Combat's part. the new one. Right? GI Combat's the new one. Right. Because the other book is gone. Yes. Men yes. at War. Men at War. Men at uh, Work. No. Men, no. That's a different book entirely. Man of War? No, that's this book. That's Valiant. Yeah. Uh, and then we, and of course, Avengers. That uh, we know that uh, uh, a movie came out about that, didn't it? Yes, but uh, so Marvel created an Avengers uh, Age of Ultron. It's one you'd call it a preview because it's the launch of the new Avengers storyline, Age right. of Ultron, which will pick up after the Avengers versus X Men. Right, right. But out of all these books so far that we've, that we've thumbed through, I, I agree with the comment that Rick made before we started recording is. This is the com- free comic book that is like you'd have paid three ninety nine for that. Right, would have been satisfied with that as right. a, as a book, and it's uh, a whole story. It doesn't depend on any prior knowledge other than knowing which who the characters Marvel has are. done a decent job of in yeah. years past. Yeah. I'm not gonna. I've, this is this is longer than most of the other ones have been too. This mm-hmm. is a full uh, a, a whole full story. book. There are no ads in there. Yeah. And it 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 did feel a little weird because you've got Bucky Cap on the cover and inside. So when I first saw this myself, I was thinking, is this last year's free comic mm-hmm. book day? But then I realized, no, no, it's like a, a prequel to the event that's coming set a little bit before our current time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, so I, I guarantee it's the one book uh, that my son got, so I haven't yeah. gotten his feedback yet. But uh, I, Yeah, it's, it's kid-friendly, too. That's an awesome – I mean, when you get the spread of – a lot of it deals with um, intelligence. Yeah. Spider uh, Spider Woman disappearing, and when she's off in this cave, and she uh, 
she is all of a sudden surrounded by that gatefold of all the intelligentsia villains. Which is one thing that I like because, I mean, they were in that... Uh, Hulk. World War, was it World War Hulks? No, yes. Yeah, World War, World War Hulks. They were the, the powers that be behind that whole cluster F of a story. And uh, Isn't it great when you get a bunch of super brilliant geniuses that... Evil geniuses that all act really stupid when they all get together. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like this podcast sometimes. Sometimes. So, yeah. <laughs> We're not evil, though. We use our powers Thank only you. for good, Thank Derek. you. Thank you, Nate. You've, you've saved us. And this is a great moment, too, where um, where the uh, the woman from S.W.O.R.D., I've forgotten her name now, um, green the, green, the green-haired woman from, who runs S.W.O.R.D., is down there talking to the Avengers, and she's there with Cap, and <laughs> they're starting to... They're they're talking saying, well, you, you can trust her because uh, we uh, you know we kind of know her. And Captain America's going, wait a minute, anyone else work for a clandestine organization that I don't know anything about? And Beast goes, well, me, <laughs> I work because he sleeps with her. Yeah, um, but uh, I don't think we can't, can't call him Captain America. It's super. It's Steve Rogers. It's Steve, super, it's super soldier. soldier because this is so uh, he's going back to that apparently. No, no, no. This is this is set back before the current time. This is a prequel. So this is between panels of things that already happened. Yes, yes. That's what's a little hard mm. to understand. That's okay. probably the one kind of chink in the armor there because. But if but Cap but, is actually. But for me, I, I mean, I get what you're saying. But for me, not having caught up on the Avengers, not right. having kept up with what you know, knowing that Steve Rogers had become sure. Super Soldier because I see the title. Um, Reading this is like I, I would have no way of knowing it's a flashback, but I don't care. Right. It's not going to draw me into Avengers versus X Men, but it will draw me into potentially Age uh, of Ultron. Uh, I, I agree entirely. I don't. I don't think that's. It's not a damning thing, for yeah. me as somebody who was familiar with it. I'm kind of going, wait, wait, wait a minute, what's going on here? For and then I finally snapped. And part of that is they treated they treated me like an adult. They didn't have a bunch of panels at the beginning that explained this actually happened six months ago, and we just never told you until now. Well, you know. it's all my implication. They said it's happening right after um, the scroll invasion. Right, right. So by, by virtue of events, yeah. They said we sent Sp- you know, Spider-Woman after the oh, scroll thing. Right. Looking, she wanted to go hunt Lost scrolls. right over that. Yeah. I was trying to read it. Well, I know. You read it quickly. It's okay. Yeah. And the pictures are pretty. So yeah, that Pretty, pretty pictures. Too. Yeah. And then uh, the, another subtle thing is she she has like an uh, pharaoh Powers, right? Powers, powers, yeah. So when she when she's being interrogated by the wizard and uh, the mad thinker, um, I think she's. They don't actually say it, but I think she's actually manipulating them a little bit. Yeah. While she's their prisoner, because they keep saying things like, "We'll tell her our plan." Yes, that's yes, a good we'll idea. Her, like, <laughs> yeah, we should tell her. We should tell her everything we. Know. <laughs> yeah. So oh, this is this is a great book. So then, and the art's great. This is uh, again, it's. Um, is that on the inside? Uh, Oh, Brian Hitch. Uh, it, it is Brian yeah, it Hitch. Is Brian Hitch. Yeah. See, there's uh, a train. No, that means civilization is still okay. Oh, okay. Is it glass Good. half full? Good, because you guys didn't bring anything for me to eat. No, that was going to get awkward. So, no. um, Brian Michael Bendis uh, writing this as well. So, I don't know if we really so need to So then, maybe the intelligentsia. This could be before the Incredible Hulk beat the crap out of all of them. So really, they are worthless. <laughs> <laughs> well, they get—they pretty much get the uh, crap beat out of them in, in this as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, at least that team has some smart people on it, not yeah. just uh, the Red Hulk. <laughs> 
Sorry. Yeah. I realize that bothers you. Still, <laughs> Red Hulk bothers you. I, as, I, I was a little bothered by Red She-Hulk. Anyway, um, should we should we spotlight a couple more? Uh, uh, if there's any more you want to That do. Spider-Man Year One was good too. I like that. Actually, that's that's a that's season out of one. the season one, season one uh, hardback right. yeah, that yeah, I've yeah. already got at home, and so I didn't bother picking that one up. Um, Starts off. I did like the uh, Worlds of Aspen had a had another segment of uh, Lady Robotica. In it, that's the. Um, A lady mechanic, pardon me. Lady that's, mechanic, yeah, that's yes. right. I knew I had that wrong. Oh, one other book that uh, wasn't part of it, uh, but I Fury Max. I was really really excited by last week uh, was this Fury Max. Oh yeah, that by, came uh, out. Garth Ennis. Yeah, great great uh, Cold War story. Nick Fury being Nick Fury, and uh, you got sex and swearing and all kinds of good stuff in here. Um, this is this is uh, this is probably going to be right up there with um, you know the, the the other Cold War story that was done recently was the uh, John Byrne one. Um, oh, uh, and uh, the Mighty W. That's all I can remember. Yeah, I can't remember the name of the title. But again, I, it's an it's an era now that we're far enough away from we can be look, we can look nostalgically back at this uh, you know wars during the Mad Men era. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so well the cold. Uh, as I was reading the interview with the guy who created uh, Archer today, it was an old old interview, but uh, it said like one of the reasons that the KGB is still a big deal in uh, Archer is because it's so much. It's almost like they're funny and charming. Yes, as opposed to terrorist, terrorist, terrorist. <laughs> so let's go back to this time. Let's go back right? to the Cold War. Yeah, but uh, this is this is I highly recommend this uh, the Fury well, okay. oh, my and war gun the by. free comic books um, one I just I, I haven't flipped through but but the upcoming graphic novel is supposed to be a big deal it's mostly sketch dinosaurs versus aliens which is a concept created by Barry Sonnenfeld who has Men in Black three coming this summer but written by Grant Morrison so if nothing else to be mind blowing in you know it turns out that we are dinosaurs or something uh, you know. <laughs> Uh, there will be so well some of this more know. metaphorically than actual through our right, right, ancestry. Right. Uh, it, it is act- actually worth wor- worth uh, mentioning. Also, uh, Dark Horse had two double sided ones oh, as yeah. well. Uh, one was the Guild on one side and Buffy the Vampire Slayer on the other, and the other one was Star Wars on one side with a great cover with Han Solo and Chewbacca, and an equally great Serenity on the other side. What's important to know, readers, if you missed Free Comic Book Day, you can go to the Dark Horse website right now and download the PDFs of this stuff, so you can still catch that stuff online. I also just want, and I'm not sure which publisher picked this up. Um, Let's see, uh, Fantagraphics. Did uh, and this is great for kids. Is one of the original Carl Barks Donald Duck stories? Uh, yes, serving as an advertisement to their larger to their hardback hardback yeah. archive series. But to just get a book, you know, and this is one of the things. Honestly, these were the kind of the things that got me hooked on comics in the first place. Was traveling, in, you know, on family trips and picking up the Walt Disney Comics Stories Digest that was mostly reprints of Carl Barks stories. Sure. And great accessible, quick acknowledged reads. Acknowledged as one of the best uh, best runs of a, of a creator and character mm-hmm. uh, in comics history. So the chance to get one of these. That was comics for a lot of kids growing up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, probably the jewel and the crown as far as publishing, as far as walking away going, I got this for free, was uh, the... Uh, the Mouse Guard from Arcade Entertainment, yeah. Other stories, hardback. Uh, it's probably about forty pages, uh, nicely printed. Just a 
I, I wouldn't say this is all ages. It's got a little bit of the Dapper Men in here and uh, um, some of the stuff towards the end. Oh, there's a, there is oh, a... Return of the Dapper Men. Yeah, is that, Return of the Dapper Men. Which is an interesting book. Won the Eisner a couple years ago. Yeah, uh, and there's... Uh, what's the, the pirate one? Um, yeah, Cursed Pirate Girl, which... Uh, which people have talked about, trade. but I haven't read that. Yeah, it's, that? it's 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 a lot of good fun. I, I picked up the okay. trade a little while ago. Um, and then you also have here. Carbon Gray here. So talk yeah, about actually, it. that was uh, I was over at Hijinks, and they had um, they had two of our uh, two two people. One uh, a friend of the podcast, uh, uh, Mick Gray. Mick Gray, Mick Gray was, was there, there yeah. signing and talking to people. We chatted for quite a while, and then um, this book, which is written by. Um, Right by Hong Nguyen, uh, called Carbon Gray. Which, if you flip through that, it's just a beautiful steampunky uh, Russian European looking. Yeah, there are a lot of women in that in uh-huh. various stages of undress yes. as well. Um, beautiful book reminded me a lot of uh, Palmiardi's uh, gr- uh, Dust, um, and that was I think that was the first three issues for like nine bucks. Well, it's not a bad, so, not a bad buy. Um, I, that's another one. That and I, that's from Image. And that's, that is from Image, and so it's available right now. So you picked up on Free Comic Book Day. I, I bought not, it on Free Comic Book Day. But it wasn't free. Uh, but it wasn't free, no. Um, but uh, just this will probably go into Lon's swag bag. Um, along with Carbon Gray, or buying Carbon Gray, I got a poster of the main character. Really cool, uh, noirish looking poster with... Uh, frayed edge looking uh, okay. printing that'll uh, go right in the swag bag for a future drawing okay cool so, um yeah speaking of image there was the image free comic book day that had a few previews in there there was uh some uh chris jeruso g-man g-man stuff uh-huh there was guarding the globe which is going to have art by uh todd knock famous for the obama spider-man cover Yes. That was a good story. <laughs> Thank you, Nate. A couple other things in there that I don't remember because you don't have the book on the desk like you had all the other ones. Oh, sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> if you told me. Yeah. And if I had had it. I, I have it in my box. Derek has it in his box. Uh, but I'm going to hide it from Nate because I think uh, I want to be that way. Yeah. So the other, the thing I was going to say about Marvel's paper stock while we're still talking about the hard copies of, of books is that uh, within the next three months they're going to switch, and I'm not sure what kind of impact it's going to really make for us, is that the covers are going to go to the same stock that their interiors do. Interesting. To hold the price of $2.99, and then the books themselves will be four pages less. Wow. Okay. And that could be ads. That that really sounds like what happened back in the days of 25-cent books when they went down to 17 pages a book. Yeah. So apparently... What Marvel's saying is, we're not going to listen to you, consumer. We're going to do whatever we well, want to do. We don't have to. Our movie just made $700 million. Yeah. A movie is not a comic book, Derek. But it is to Disney. That's Com- a- you know, honestly, comics are lost leaders to those two major... Yeah. Uh, I was going to say, uh, now, when you read your comics, do you ever read them real late at night? Sometimes. Do you ever read it when you're really kind of too sleepy to be up there reading still? Sometimes. Yes. Do you ever fall asleep with a comic book in your hand? No. Still? Sometimes. And when you wake up, do you have to kind of pull it off your flesh because it's kind of <laughs> stuck to the fingers? I have to do that when I'm awake. <laughs> not, no? Not comics. No. no? My hands are sweaty. Yeah. I, I, my, my hands are not sweaty, but 
I, if I fall or asleep Rick with a book, Rick had gland surgically removed I did. ten years ago. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, a vanity idea. thing. It's a, don't recommend it. Underneath his fl- underneath his skin, gills. latex. Gills. He had I would like a referral to your doctor. <laughs> but uh, I, I powdered. Have, I've actually left fingerprints on the on the books themselves. When uh, I've, I've done. I've that slept for two. like six hours holding a book, and then yeah. So, and your wife never says, no, Rick, Rick, you're doing it again. No, she gets up. You're walks ruining around. Justin's college fund. <laughs> so no, she, on that paper note, though, I've seen online, you know, like uh, just conversations in um, groups or whatever, where people have said, why not just go back to the old style the newsprint paper and keep a nice cover? What's wrong with that? And then the response I've seen from Marvel people like Joe Casada is because you. no, it's we don't want lower quality paper. Fans have said they want higher quality paper, so now what they're going to do is keep the high quality interior paper, but make the cover basically less, less able to protect it, less quality. Yeah. Well, I mean, a series collectors put in a bag anyway, right? And they buy the digital version, right? Yeah. No. You know what? Uh, this is this this is a great. Great, great segue. I know because That's why I rearranged the uh, for On years. The fly, this is the skill I have. For years, <laughs> bravo. That's why Derek is the host. Bravo, <laughs> vo bra. Go. For years, comics were prices were raised and raised and raised, and the publishers always pointed the price of paper stock. That was why the comics cost so much. And they said if the paper stock hadn't gone up so much, we have to raise our prices so much, which lends to the question we haven't heard them saying that for a long time because they're charging the exact same amount for the digital books as they are for the paper books with a much lower cost to produce than the paper books and you can say well no they have to do a little additional stuff for the digital books but really the process of producing the process of producing the paper books is primarily digital anyway the other thing I'm going to point out about uh, that is that n- having been involved with, the, oh, let's say, three different publishers myself, um, I did get to see kind of a different viewpoint on how much it cost and how much well, or how little money they actually make. Mm-hmm. Now, that's independence. I can buy that. But, so let's just say um, 350 I think, was what we charged for Greatest American Hero, which you can still probably find in back issue bins. People, please, you know, I'd like to, <laughs> I'd like to write a story so successful that it gets pirated. Um, so anyway, um, go home and do that. But right the, away. but then we, we did it with the with the little amount, and there are some DC and Marvel books that really ship this this few, like uh, you know, uh, the little amount that they ship. Diamond gets to the, gets those books at about half the cover price. So mm-hmm. really, the publisher is only getting. At most, say a three fifty book, a dollar seventy five. Sure. Okay, and then Diamond sells that at a markup, and then the and then the store. Uh, comic book store buys it at, at whatever price, and then tries to make. But still, many stores, if you're a loyal customer, will give you some kind of discount. And I realize now the thing that really is sort of annoys me about the about the digital books is not only does it cost less for them to do it, 
they've eliminated exactly. most of the middlemen. Right. All the people who took their cut along the way are not there anymore. Now, I don't mind if someone like, if catastrophic comics were to revive, and maybe it is, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I haven't talked to them in a, in, a, in a while about that. And say, they're going digital and they're going to sell that book for $3.00. And that money's going to go right to catastrophic. Right. Even when they did a motion comic for Sparks, that was ninety nine cents. They kept it at a regular app price for right. fair. Um, and then they're going to get the three bucks. I don't mind supporting the independent publisher. And sometimes like it's what that. the market will bear. You know, yeah. it's like the, yeah. you can't. Fault I don't them mind, but it. I wouldn't mind spending the if they said it was day and date same price right. for you know for one of those three fifty. Okay, I know that's going to a company that is trying that is trying new things, different things, and is small. When it's DC and Marvel, and yeah. I'm saying, really, you didn't get enough of my money already. It's funny, though, because you, know, you, you should be able to, with a digital distribution, with digital production, you should be able to digitally distribute with just the cost of a server and whatever software it takes to do the transactions. And you've got to pay your artists and your engineers. I understand that. And this is not just comics. This is also digital books. So if you look at Amazon, right, if you go in to buy... Um, one of my favorite new publishers is called Angry Robot, not to be exposed, not be confused with Bad Robot, right, but Angry Robot. Yes. And if you go to the Angry Robot site, and you can buy their digital books there. You can also buy them on Amazon. If you buy them on Amazon, Amazon prices them exactly the same as the paperback versions. You go to the the the, uh, the Angry, Angry Robot, Robot site. site; they're like two or three bucks less, selling directly to people, and. Th- I can. I really think that that's where you. That's where you differentiate yourself. That's where you start to be competitive uh, with good product. Mm-hmm. It's another thing that you can do as as an independent. Whereas when you're p- part of a larger conglomerate such as Amazon or mm-hmm. Apple, as I'm going to get into in a second, um, they are going to set the prices. Right. They are going to make everything uniform, and they right. are going to take their cut. And if you want to play in their pool. You will play by their rules. That said, I have been going to Comixology and buying things that are the 99 cent or if they Mm -hmm. trade the so-called trade paper. I don't even know what you call that, a trade paperback if it's not even paper. But it's clearly priced lower than it would be if I bought the paperback. It's a digital collection. A digital collection. So over the weekend, for three days, to counter the Avengers, uh, all the Justice Society stories um, from... The, all the JLA JSA crossovers from the '60s forward, and all the all the '80s and '90s JSA revivals were 99 cents a piece. Yeah. So that to me was worth going in. Although it's really weird reading a book from 1963 that was clearly <laughs> no idea that digital comics were coming, and the way they shift around and how tortuous that is. That's what I've gotten into. That's what I tried to explain so much time about uh, yeah. going in through, through the panels. Yeah. The the um, it's roughly the equivalent of your dollar bins, right? Yeah, which because it's not the new stuff, it, and they will sell some of the old stuff. And they're just trying to get you again. They're trying to get you interested in buying, used to buying. Maybe you'll pick up a book. Maybe you'll read all the old issues, and then you'll start buying the new ones, right? Right. So, um, but I was really disappointed earlier this week when I discovered um, because I had recently bought an iPad three. Yes. And upgraded and moved all my all my files. And I had been a big fan of Graphically. They do a lot. They do a lot of publishing of independent people. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the semi middle ground there, like Ar- Archaea. Um, 
Did I say it right that time? I think so. Okay, I usually I usually <laughs> screw that one up. Which was Archaea. Which which is one of my favorite publishers. I love their books. I love their I, I love buying their their hardback books. But well, I, I, I was buying a lot of it's, it's digital easier as well. to pronounce that. It's a, it's just <laughs> to say simple. Duk. D to C. No, it's not. Duk. Okay. Duk. It's not. Duk. Well. But when I when I when I moved this stuff over and I finally got around to trying to read the books, I discovered that they all came up with black pages. And looking into it and with a few letters to their customer support department, I found out one that they were no longer supporting the application on the iPad or on the Android devices or on the Apple Graphic iPhone. Graphic Lee was not. Graphic Lee was not. Um, hmm that they were no longer supporting that app, that they were moving to a publisher-only model where they would, be, they would be taking creators' work and formatting it for sale by people like Amazon and Apple, specifically. Now, that in and of itself, you go, okay, that's a change to the market. That's a change to how they wanted to make, sure, do business. Then. However, all the stuff that I, I bought specifically for reading on airplanes and when I was traveling, when I might not have a Wi-Fi connection, I can no longer read on my iPad. I can only read when I'm actually connected to the network and I could read in a web browser, which is horrible. Okay, so Graphically was a streaming, basically. Graphically now is a streaming thing. They used to download the books to your books to your iPad and you read it with their application, but they decided to no longer develop that application. The current version is not compatible with the iPad 3. So what I'm feeling is that Graphically has decided to shoot itself in the foot because they were struggling as a business anyway. Might as well just finish the job. Uh, well, there, it's actually it's it's not from a business standpoint it makes sense. But here's the real problem: when you're buying a comic book and you buy a paper book yes. and you put it in a box and you put it in your closet, five years from now. You know where that box is, and you know you where that closet is. You can take it out and read, read it that again. book. Yes, which is why I fought digital comics for so long, or or just uh, just resisted it. I had no idea, and and that's always been my fear that in any one any any technology there are sea changes. There are times when something gets gets introduced. By the way, my friend Drew Simchik, who writes Doctor Who reviews for us, just had an aneurysm because of your use of the word sea change. Thank you. Go ahead. I used it right though. Yeah, it's okay. It's a personal peeve he's been posting about on Facebook a lot. Oh, so. I'm sorry. <laughs> Drew, wasn't that sorry, Drew. interesting? There you go. <laughs> so, okay. so a company now has the I mean, who provides you with a product, but the product is still controlled by them through digital rights management yeah. software, so you have to use their application. Yeah. It's not an open format. It's not something that I can then say, oh, I'm, gonna just, I'm just going to read it with the Android uh, with the uh, the uh, Amazon Kindle yeah. reader. I can't do that. It's their format. It's and they're not going to let me. And they're not going to they're not going to give me a way that I can store this on my on the because they're not they don't want to be in that business anymore. And Apple does this all the time. Over the last fifteen years, they've eliminated types of software that they no longer wanted to support by their operating system. So even right. if, you may have been perfectly happy with your uh, your. Photoshop version 2, and it did everything you need for it. But if when you upgraded to the latest Lion operating system, mm -hmm. Apple decided well, changed, that that's not going to work right. anymore. Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're getting into this, this – uh, we're getting into this way too soon. 
I did not expect to see this I for am, another five to ten years. I am years. frustrated and resigned to it that basically it's kind of like what happened in the music business, and which is, as I realized, getting excited about having an iPod, iPhone, yeah. and going on to the iTunes store and buying Danny Elfman's Solo, which I own on record, yes. cassette tape, yes. and CD, yes. and now bought the digital version. <laughs> or, you know, you talk about movies. Yes. Know, well, had the, the VHS, don't even get there. Ouch. I had the VHS the Star Laser Wars, Disc. the LaserDisc Star Wars, several versions of the DVD, and now and Blu-ray. Blu-ray. But I buy a lot less movies than I buy comic books. Mm-hmm. And if they're just going to be... It's kind of like, okay, if you don't care about ever going back and rereading stuff, fine. To read the books, and you might as well burn. You might as well be buying the paper ones and burning them afterwards. What are you saying? Give them to the children, I have actually, I've actually run into people who told me, I buy, bo- I buy comics, I don't collect them. I just throw them away when I'm done with them. And I just kind of, I, I seize up. I, I can't move for a couple of minutes after that. Uh, yeah, Michael Goodson used to recycle them. Yeah. How about give them to someone? Yeah. But then that's that's another thing. You can't give your digital comic to anybody. That well, yeah. But I mean, with a paper comic, it's not the newspaper. It's not like tomorrow somebody's going to be like, "Oh, that all happened yesterday." Oh, really? Let me point you to the new fifty-two. It is like that. (laughs) (laughs) My version of the Phantom Stranger is old news now. Yeah, but you know what, Derek? What? There are kids out there that have never read your version of the Phantom Stranger. Who are reading this version of the Phantom Stranger saying, this guy is so cool. Then they can go back to the comic store and buy the showcase editions of Phantom Stranger Volumes 1 and 2 and read the right but Phantom they don't Stranger. Have those to are, do that those are great 52, showcases, too. The one that my story about the Phantom Stranger would have, would have completely in, paid homage to yes. and still moved forward. Yes. And be, eventually been Dang in the it. third volume. Well, you know what? Do your story on Earth hey, 4. Rumpf. Anyway, so that's all I want to say. I want, I'm, I'm writing this up right now. I'm gonna so that so the future. I have been duly chastised by Mr. Costa. <laughs> I'm, I'm writing an article for that'll eventually appear on Fanboy Planet, uh, explaining the whole of the situation and what I you really, can, really what you need that. to worry about, and what you should do to prepare. So yes, very good, very good. And so that's in comics. Let's go to movies. I heard there was this really good movie that came out last Friday. Yes. Yes, yes Nate. What was what it? What was it called? The Revenge Boys. No. Okay. Something else. Love something or other. The Avengers. The That's the one. The movie of the year. The most successful movie of all time. Not yet. It hasn't passed the top yet. Well, yeah, I thought it's, it did. It's you know, it's going to surpass Avatar within a couple of weeks. But Avatar, oh, uh, opening weekend, opening weekend, it's yes, the most, most successful movie of all time. Yes. Weekend. Well, it will be. There is no doubt. Um, you, know you know what else is going to be better than? It it's going to be better than Prometheus. Oh sure, I bet you. Um, it's going to be better than Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. It's going to be better than Amazing Spider-Man. You made Derek it's cry. Be better than no, no, you no. didn't because look, I'm not the Marvel fanboy. That maybe the person to my right is, but um, <laughs> or across the table. But the, but well, no, I still think you're still more of a DC. Are you? No, oh no, I didn't really read much DC okay. before I started any of this okay, podcast. Okay, so I'm not the Marvel fanboy that I'm surrounded by. <laughs> um, but I still found that movie very exciting. I mean, I'm seeing it twice. I'm going to take my son again, who will probably who probably already has seen it, but 
Um, you know, I'll take him to IMAX 3D. As I was going to say, assuming it was still in IMAX 3D by the time he and I have time, but I realized, oh yeah, it's going to be because I don't think the IMAX 3D screens are going to want to give up the proven player that is still making money hand over fist. Yeah. Because this is also a movie people are going back to see already. Yes. And not just people like us. Yes. You know, so... Non-nerds. Non-nerds. And did you read the Joss Whedon public statement on Whedonopolis today? No. no. Which was awesome. He he made up a, a fake interviewer and asked himself the questions that he knows people want. And first of all, he said he was, like, too emotionally numb to really be super... Like excited, except that he said they didn't want to make him sound like a jerk. He's like, well, of course he's really happy, but it's like it's so shocking that this is Joss Whedon who has struggled, you know, who oh, made yeah. Serenity, and people were like, oh, he's never. You know what's missing again. in this? Fox. What? Oh, Fox. Oh, that's I got. <laughs> you finally realized. Oh, it was Fox, Fox all along. Um, well, Universal produced Serenity, so um, you know that's uh, you know he's a guy that's always broadcast on that he's had his cult following and now he is the writer director of the most successful movie oh, yeah. of all time yeah and he should have a little poll now maybe so and so what did he do he's got much to do about nothing that he's self-financed self-produced and Which then he wants to go awesome. back and do it it does sound awesome and then he's though. gonna do dr horrible too um so when's that much ado is set where it's uh at his house no 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 <laughs> But that's where he shot it. Um, but to but to get to the the thing is like he's just like the, one of the questions, and I do love this because both times I watched it, I was like, what an awesome awesome line! Is he says like, what are you proudest of with your achievement in the Avengers? And he says that I that I managed to get a line like Muling Quim back into the <laughs> back into the uh, public consciousness. That was a good one. Uh, and I was like, yes, he said something very rude in Elizabethan dialogue. <laughs> and, and I and watching it the first time I thought that it was that the only director writer director who could take over from Kenneth Branagh would be Joss Whedon to handle Thor and Loki because he's with much do bidding his next thing, he is this closet Shakespeare yeah, fan, and he's yeah. still and he's able to write the, the same quasi Shakespearean dialogue, yeah, far more intelligently. Sorry, than Stan Lee actually did, and uh, Stan Lee would probably agree. With you. you know, I mean, very very clever, um, and yes, it was a it was a great. You know, and, and he admits, you know, he says, of course, the Avengers is flawed. Everything is flawed. There are problems. Yeah, and Robert Downey Jr. gave an interview last week. we were like. Wow, Kevin Feige's really wants to get rid of Robert Downey Jr. Because Robert Downey Jr. says, like, I really couldn't tell you what the bad guy's plot is, but the movie seems cool, so if you like it, great. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, you, you know, now uh, we all seen it more than once? or Yeah. No, I've only seen it the one, yeah, okay. the one time. Oh. Well, we can talk spoilery. Okay, spoiler alert. If you want to skip the spoilers on the Avengers movie, first off, just go see the movie. But if you want to skip the spoilers on the Avengers movie, skip ahead 12 minutes. That's all the warning you're getting. Oh, oh yeah. Spoilers are on. Spoilers Fan are boys. on, people. Yep. Because I just want to say, um, seeing it a second time, the absolute cleverness directorially of this thing. Uh-huh. Like, it, last week... I don't think we talked on on air, but when Lon and I were walking, I was saying like I just love the the tracking shot, the no cut, uh, the no cuts tracking shot 
uh, during the battle, fight, during the battle, fighting the Chitari, where they're uh, going from uh, from Avenger to Avenger, showing that they're working together and that they're all fighting, even though they're in different places, but they're all united right. against the same thing. Not even noticing that that's the second tracking shot, and the first one is when they are actually fighting with each other in the lab, and it goes from Avenger to Avenger and tracks no cuts, and then goes to. Loki's staff, which is then the camera goes upside down because this is everything's upside down from what you expect in a movie about a superhero team, and then we get that you know, and you're just like these kinds of flourishes, fantastic. And once you know the secret of the Hulk, you realize that from <laughs> moment one, Mark Ruffalo is playing it. Right. It's amazing. It's a great performance that is like watching. And in case anyone missed that during the film, it's the fact that he is. Always angry. angry. Where we had spoilers on. It's yeah. like watching, a, in a far more clever way, it's like watching Sixth Sense, knowing the secret that they're playing he's towards that. Dead. That he's always he's dead. dead. And, yeah. you know, and that movie doesn't act, doesn't cheat on that. Uh, spoilers on for Sixth Sense, guys. Okay, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, now I'm reminding of 51st Dates. Where, Did you see that coming? Uh, you know, but... But knowing that and watching, that's an incredible performance. Like, so when I checked in at Earth 2 and talked to Carr, Carr said, did you see the Avengers? I said, yeah. And he said, I thought it was really nice of Captain America, Thor, and Iron Man to show up in the latest Hulk film. <laughs> and, and I thought, well, that's a little unfair because everybody has their moments. And that's yes. what's great about Joss Whedon's direction, handling of the, all the material. But that it really is Mark Ruffalo gives, I want to write an article comparing, or I want to get Mario down here, and let's just have a comparison, an argument over the three Hulks. There you go. The three cinematic Hulks. War of the Hulks. Because Mario, World War Hulks, Mario still will stand we'll by have to the angle. Mario Hulk. Green for that. Oh, my gosh. No, how? 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 Exactly. Shh, I know. So, but but you, you talk about the, the main characters. The ones that blew me away were the ones I wasn't expecting to get excited about, which was Hawkeye and Black Widow. And they were awesome. And, and, just, and Scarlett the Johansson has said like she wants a solo film and doing the backstory. I'm like, no, screw you. I do not no, want don't do it. backstory because that will, that will ruin it. Right. The mystique. It's better than the, it's a, sp- a The secret. alluding to the past right. is enough. Yeah. We already know the whole the thing Star about Wars trilogy this is just like when we had Reykjavik. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna remember that differently. Yeah. Uh, I, it wasn't Reykjavik. Reykjavik. Iceland's uh, never had yeah, a, a Budapest. 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 You remember Budapest much different than yeah, I do. And I thought, but even that, the little subtle things is that she says it with the slight Russian accent. Yeah. And so she says Budapest, and he says Budapest. Yeah. And, you know, so American versus betraying the Russian. Like, she's almost perfectly yeah. able to pass as an American, and then those things come forth. Just a great reintroduction of the character. And yeah. Hawkeye is like, I don't want to know his past, but he's a nice badass. And it's really well done. And one thing that Lon had pointed out to me last week, too, was that the handling of Hawkeye by, by beginning with his possession is the Avengers starts with Hawkeye as a bad guy just as just Hawkeye as he was. started that way. And Hawkeye <laughs> was originally part. Uh, it was Hawkeye and the Black Widow. Widow yes. Yeah. He yes. was seduced to her... Uh, yeah, her, son, so, her her Cold War antics. So, you know, love that. I love the, the the subtlety, too, of, like, you had Agent Coulson hero-worshipping Captain oh, America. Man. I don't want to talk about the tragedy of Agent Coulson. Oh. But, um, Spoilers are on, Darren. Okay, no, but it still bothers him. Um, I was still waiting for, like, an LMD to show up and exactly. say that's what happened. And maybe they still too. could. That's what I'm holding on to is it was a live model decoy. But he could still, you know, they he never he, had a he, funeral. But then he hero 
thank you. We never saw the body. They killed Nick Fury in the regular book, and he was out for an issue, and then they then they exposed that it was an LMD. That yes. was the first LMD uh, switcheroo. Yes. So, um, but that Agent Coulson hero worships Captain America, knows everything about his career, and then you later see a scene with a New York cop who has no idea who Captain America is. Right. And I loved that. Yes. Because that's what it feels like to be a fanboy. Is <laughs> like you know, or or you and I loving pulp characters and people looking at you and going, "The spider? Why should we care? That's not Spider Man." That and was, then the spider does again, something, and you're like, "Yes!" But that was such an awesome, awesome scene with the with the cops. Where well, but that's what I'm saying. It was a, it was it's a cap. Just comes in and in thirty seconds he's turned this hard hard nosed New York cop around. Yeah, it's like that's why that's, that's a superpower. They showed us that. They didn't tell us they didn't exactly. It was all just a subtle characterization. It was so well done. Yeah. I just get more and more excited by this movie and let's go see it. I want let's to, go see I want it the Blu ray podcast. Now. <laughs> um, no, I mean really. And then of course you get the revelation at the end. Who has yeah. been behind the whole thing? Uh huh. And so there's Did an article, you, I post an article by Mario today on Fanboy Planet about um, it just kind of just to, how that how it had been pieced together from the beginning, how it's an obvious thing that was coming. But even um, even Joss Whedon and Kevin Feige gave an interview this week and Joss said, yeah, it was kind of like a, I'd kind of like it to be Thanos. And they said, well, all right. And it's like, no, seriously, you're going to let me let it be Thanos? And, and uh, you know, how many people, and you, I, I know you had at least some in the theater. I know I had some in the theater who said, who was that? Well, and you had to, you know, like teaching people let after the movie's over. Let me tell you guys a story. What, what it is. My sister-in-law texted me after she took all her kids to see it. And she said, you're going to know. And my brother-in-law, who's the comic book fan, was taking the youngest kid to the bathroom, so he missed it. She said, you're going to know who was the big bad at the end. And I said, uh, and I was trying to text and spell. My autocorrect kept making me spell thanks. (laughs) (laughs) That was thanks. And I thought I had spelled it right. And I said, send it. It goes, thanks. I'm like, okay. I had to call and go, it's Thanos. It's Thanos. (laughs) Thanks for ruining the movie for me because I haven't seen it yet. Right. (laughs) So I had to correct myself there, but can I can I add a, a level of spoiler here? Okay. So there's a DC book now called Avengers Assemble. A DC, DC book. Oh, pardon Avengers? me, a DC. Pardon me, a Marvel book, book called, called Avengers Assemble. Assemble. Yes. yes. <laughs> Breaking news. Um, third issue just came out this third week. Issue was this week. Yeah. Haven't read it. It's yet. okay. Can I spoil this? Go ahead. Me? Go ahead. I'm a month behind. I'm so the first two issues introduce a new Aquarius, which was an organization that originally was introduced in Nick Fury: Agents of Shield mm-hmm. through Scorpio, and then uh, then went into the Avengers. Zodiac, yeah. Uh, yeah. The, uh, pardon me. Uh, the Zodiac Aquarius yeah. was one of them. That's Bendis and Bagley. And Scorpio. Right? Uh, yes. yes. Wonderful team. And so it, are you crying? So we got the. the no. We, we find out that they're they're actually puppets of another entity. And who do you think that entity would be? Who do you think it is? Well, I would think it's Thanos. It is. Yes. Okay. And the last Super. panel of the third issue, it's Thanos shows up. Yeah. So let me tell you a hilarious story. So a lot of people are going to get educated in what Rick, Thanos is. Rick, it's Nate's turn. I'm sorry. I was just Nate finishing. has the con. I had my. Toga. I am Facebook frenzies with Norm Rapman. <laughs> I you were going to say Anchor. Thanos. <laughs> Anchor for DC. I would not want to be Facebook friends with Thanos. And uh, he has he privacy posted, problems. He posted how he loves to court death. And all these people start commenting like, oh, I've seen it twice. Oh, it's awesome. So I said, yeah, I saw it on Friday. Going to see it again tonight. This was on t- uh, Monday night. So Monday during the day I posted this. 
the next post after me is this woman who apparently took her daughter to see it. She's like, oh, I loved it. I love how Stan Lee always has some kind of cameo. But who was the red guy at the end who takes <laughs> the mask off and turns around? And I was like, really? Because people were saying, oh, I haven't watched it yet, blah, blah, all through this thread. So I respond, uh, spoilers, question mark. And she goes, yeah, totally. Who was that big red guy at the end? And he's purple. And I said, no, what I meant was, spoilers, like, a bunch of the people on this thread have yet to see the film, yet you're telling them what happens after the credits. So two seconds later, her comments were erased, and I went ahead and erased mine. <coughs> but I thought you were going to tell her it was the Red Hulk. <laughs> that would have been a good idea. Damn it, Rick, where were you on Monday? <laughs> That's Thunderbolt but Ross. He turned into the room. I'm assuming since we're all uh, as nerdy as we are, we noticed that when the Chitari guy was talking about how Earth was not worth going to, he said, all we would be doing is, is courting death. death. I know. Oh, I knew it at that point. Yes. And he turns around and, and smiles because oh. that's all he wants to do is court death. Yeah. Yes. It was and great. a tear fell great. down my cheek. <laughs> it was great. And I waited and waited to watch them eat some shawarma. Which was a great... Yes, that great. was another great scene. And I know Which, there's a place three blocks from my house that has shawarma. Is there oh, let's really? Go. Let's go get yeah. shawarma. We the talked funny, about The funny that. thing is that... I, I, that uh, so Entertainment Weekly uh, published an article about the filming of that scene. And one thing I hadn't realized was that... And I've noticed this in interviews, but I didn't think... Is that Chris Evans has a beard for his next role. So they had to put a prosthetic face on Captain America, on, on Steve Rogers. <laughs> because he wasn't going <laughs> to shave his beard... Because they shot that scene oh. like three and a half weeks ago. Awesome. So they put. And Did so, he have his head kind of down? Yes, he that? has his head down and he's like got, a, got his hand over it. So, and now that I know that, I have to watch. And so apparently, we're going to go see it again. Apparently, let's go. <laughs> during the interview, it's like the other guys are all just like going, oh, hey, Chris, welcome. Face, huh? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> and Jeremy Renner's making. So. Um, yeah, it's a pretty uh, funny they, article. Was there anything in that article about how long they were sitting there eating? Because everybody looked like they were yes, <laughs> totally uh, full. Well, that's what uh, that's what Chris Hemsworth says. Is like I almost threw up <laughs> <laughs> because each time we shot that, I took another bite of shawarma and I swallowed it. <laughs> it was a mistake. It was, so it, was a, it was such a great scene with with uh, Stark on his back on the street and going. No one kissed me, right? Well, you should totally, you know, this article interview is interesting because they actually then go like all the alternate lines because the thing oh, with, really? with Robert Downey Jr. Oh, liking to, Blu-ray. With oh, my Robert God, Downey really? Jr. liking to improvise, the whole thing was, and Downey finally met his match with Joss Whedon because the thing that was driving fa- uh, the original screenwriter of Iron Man crazy was the improv. Was the improv. And so, and basically, so Downey would go, okay, can I say something funnier? I want to say something funnier. And, and Joss Whedon would say, Hang on, walk off, write stuff down, and he'd come back with three pages of alternate lines and say, "Go, Go. ahead." <laughs> and Dunn was like, "Damn it! Like he's been totally outdone." And so, actually, it's the first of you know uh, Robert Downey Jr. appearances, Tony Stark, where um, it was actually all in the script, <laughs> not written by Downey. Uh, so you know, it's like Weed's the guy that can. He's a couple blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I kind of want to eat there. Go to toe, toe to toe, and he said. So that was you know one of the things. So um, wow, we've totally raved enough. I think geeked out on that. And, and I think should we talk about a different movie? For did you notice for Nate to cry that uh, friend of the program Sharnold? Yes, posted on Facebook that it just might be his new favorite movie of all time. 
You said that earlier, too. I did say that. <laughs> so, because it just might be my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> I still like Flash Gordon. He uh, was comparing it to all his other favorite films. He's like, yeah, no, Avengers is better. Eh, no, Avengers is better. <laughs> but he's young yet. How many movies? Like, I mean, I admit, like, I'm sure that my son will say, you know, that it's his favorite movie of all time, but every movie he sees is, mm. you know. Well, Even you know like what? Avatar: He's, The Last Airbender. What is he? Eight, seven, eight. So, so you, He's are only you got eight years worth of movies. So yeah. this could very well be his favorite of all time. That's true. I haven't. I haven't gotten. Would you take him to see Dark Shadows? No, no. Well, first of all, because there's sex and violence involved. Oh, that's Rick. right. I mean, ridiculous amounts. Rick doesn't time. have kids that are <laughs> that young anymore. Well, he has a kid, <laughs> sort of. Uh, <laughs> so yes, would you take Justin? To see? I'm kidding. Oh yeah. Yeah, because <laughs> give us some ideas. So, <laughs> punch him in the face, Rick. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> oh, Rick smash! That was another good scene when uh, Hulk, <laughs> Hulk and Thor. I know. Just no, get no, done. no, I know. That's so awesome. Spoilers were on. Don't what? Spoilers were on at the beginning Maybe of this conversation. Maybe someone's still listening. Going, oh. they're an no. idiot. If you're still listening and you have yet to see the movie. Remove your head Rick, from you your boot Rick, like the, t- the time count to say like <laughs> I go to try yeah, and say well, no, just to be able to say when they like, can come back. Yeah. Spoilers yeah. between yeah. blank yeah. and blank. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I, I, actually, I, that brings up an interesting thing. I, I swear they must have moved. They must have gotten something into the mechanism of doing the Hulk movement that came out of like well, it was Silverback um, Gorilla or something. It was it was Ruffalo. He was wearing motion capture. Was it? Yeah. Wow. He had he stood there like if he had a scene where it was all of them he had like a thing on his back to make them taller so they could have an eye line. Yeah, but all of that comes was down. But you know, but they've done they did mocap on the other versions of the Hulk too. But one, its technology has increased. That yeah. is, there's no doubt. Yeah, and they did not. And this is you know what was missing Fox. Um, they did not skimp on the budget. Disney took a shot. They knew what they had. You know, and because this, this is the Disney film. Yeah. Right, even though it's you know called Marvels the Avengers, um, and that's kind of unofficially official. There, it says very specifically Marvels. The yeah, Avengers. I noticed that. that yeah, weird. Well, no, because in England it's going to be yeah, you know, sure. No, you know, I know. and there are still people that are making that joke about oh, I can hardly wait to see the Steed and Mr. Steed and Emma Peel. Yeah. Um, and uh, but you know, like the first one, the the Universal one, the Ang Lee one, um, poop was Ang Lee actually did the mocap for Hulk, which was uh-huh. stupid. Um, because, because uh, you know, then the Hulk moved like a little graceful Asian man, and but he was huge. I mean, and that's I mean that I, yeah. I, uh, that observation. Then it was the wrong match. It right, was completely, that was not who Hulk was. Um, and then I think Edward Norton did some of the motion capture for Incredible Hulk. Interesting, but again, I, I also didn't like the look because the Incredible Hulk was kind of rough and skin was cracked and and I like that he was dirty. No, but I mean, it was like it was like the skin was split. Yeah, like he needed he moisturizer. Was he was too big for his very skin. It was more like what they were doing with uh, Mr. Hyde in the uh, mm-hmm. book of, of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, mm-hmm. which I guess the movie did too, sort of to some extent. But um, but Fox was involved in that, so the less said, the better. <laughs> um, Everything's not so as good this, as Fox. So this was just smoother. Um, it was perfect. It was, it was because yeah. it was a believable Hulk. It was scary. I'd love to see some of his motion capture raw footage then. Probably will Uh, get to see that. And I do want to see a Mark Ruffalo playing the film. Incredible Hulk 2, starring Mark Ruffalo. 
Yeah. This is my only disappointment that they're numbering them. I would rather have like subtitles. Like I really wish that we had gotten the UK title of Avengers Assemble because this is the origin mm. of yeah. that team. And it then plays just, on and two then just things, give yeah. us Avengers the Infinity Gauntlet if that's what the second yeah, one is. Yeah, but you know what? No matter what, we're still going to call it Avengers One, Two, Three, etc. We haven't explained that no, in Infinity Gauntlet to. Uh, reference. Well, Infinity. Then go to the article because actually that's what Mario. Well, I'm just saying right out. now the, the yeah. idea that the Infinity Gauntlet showed up in the halls of Asgard right. as a trophy well, and, and was recognizable. And, and it showed up where else? It showed up at Comic Con. That's correct. All yeah. that in the article by Mario Anima. So yes. that's why I was just trying to you know, yes. keep that a little. I agree. A little mystery. Okay. You know, so that people go to the site and give me a stat. Uh, so we should we stat. should. I know Let's it's talk painful. Let's talk about another movie. It was. It's painful only because it was. I bet you won't get through this without going back to the Avengers. No, though. I can do this. It's painful only because it's disappointing. Uh, yeah, it's not a terrible film. It's just disappointing in that Dark Shadows as a concept had grown so large in my mind as being fun. Yes, and I didn't think this was that the film version. The remake, film remake by Tim Burton, was delivered on that. Was terribly fun. Yeah, it wasn't campy enough. It wasn't gothic horror enough. It wasn't anything. It just kind of went it was back. Perhaps and forth a little in unnecessarily brutal. And some of it was stupid. Yeah. And I thought that one of the things is it couldn't decide what it wanted to be about, because if they were focusing on the Victoria Winters thing. She disappears for such long sections of the movie that you forget that that's how. But that's right. I mean, okay, so let's let's set our our credibility here. I watched the show when I was a kid. I'd run home from school to watch it. I watched it from I before. I would try to watch it. From my before would not when let Barnabas me. Collins showed up when it was a ghost story. <laughs> so I was very happy that they had a large portion of this, which was a ghost story. Yes, I'm, I don't object to that. And Barnabas and the Vicky Winters stuff, you know, it was kind of Barnabas's driving passion. But Vicky Winters disappeared in the, in, the, in the soap opera for a long periods of time. She was not the well, focus. Well, that may be, but one in the television remake with Ben Cross, she did not. I think what what, she was front and what Burton was trying to do, and I think actually when I mention it, you'll probably agree with me, it was kind of heavy-handed, was to talk about family. And we talked oh, about, we talked a little bit about. Well, this I think before. that has become an interesting shift in focus for Tim Burton when you when you look at Tim Burton's films. And I speak of this as like this is I'm kind of I consider myself an aficionado. I've seen even the ones I don't like mm-hmm. uh, several times. Frank and Weenie. It's uh, not yeah. out yet. No, the original short. Yes, I've yeah. watched the original short many times. Um, <laughs> shut up. Um, but what uh, is in the shift is like when you even like I really like Mars Attacks, and you see Mar- yeah. when you realize that most of these movies, Tim Burton really wants humanity to die. He sides on the. He's always on the side of the monsters. He's always. He wants uh, humanity to suffer. No, Mars attacks the Martians. Are he has far more fun with the Martians, and he true, wanted them true, to win. True, 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 true. He, you know, you get the feeling that he wants the monsters to win, but no one will bankroll that movie. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but in, even the two Batman films are things where it's you know he's an outsider. Family is lost. Right. He is probably in some ways better for being Batman because he doesn't have families unencumbered. And, and, and uh, families abandoned, that's a big theme. Families abandoned left and right. You know. Yeah, doubly so in, in part in, in the, Batman in Returns. Returns with, right, the, with the Penguin. penguin. Um, but once he found 
love with Helena Bonham Carter, and not the first, Lisa Marie, the model that he was dating for a while that was a vampire in Ed Wood. He did not have that kind of stability. And was also in Mars Attacks. Uh, she was in Mars Attacks, and yeah. she was in um, Sleepy Hollow, mm -hmm. and I think something else she, she ended up in. But um, once he found love with Helena Bonham Carter and had children, yeah. now everything really is again about family and the importance of uh, and, and suddenly this even twisted, though, even though it's twisted, family is important. So yep. I felt like Dark Shadows from that perspective was this big thematic um, rehash of things he'd already talked about uh, that he does over and over. Like you can see, where's the Christopher Lee cameo going to be? Because, yes. well, sadly, Vincent Price is gone. Um, the obsession with taking dark-haired women and turning them into the, the vision of the all-American blonde, blue-eyed girl... Um, is there yeah. uh, doing with Eva Green as the as the witch Angelique, um, and even to some extent, Vicky Victoria Winters is they, he he has done that too. Um, so it, I felt like being the aficionado that I've seen him come go to this well so many times. I also thought like when Barnabas shows up in for in modern day for the first time, it's an echo of Batman. That the the fight it's not a fight scene, but the attack that he does on the people that release him yeah. is shot actually very much like Christopher Nolan's first appearance of Batman in Batman Begins. Interesting. Okay. And then the, the there's a shot that is exactly Michael Keaton holding up the thug the first time who says, "Who are you? Yeah. I'm Batman." It's the exact same pose, exact same angle. With Roger or with the uh, oh with, it's no with, uh, right, with the construction, with the construction worker. worker yeah and so it's like wow. Well, you know, everything started feeling very familiar, but the wrong kind of familiar. I wanted to sink into vague memories of the soap opera. I wanted it to be more the gothic goings-on in the mansion and a little less outside. I was not interested in the fish market or any right. of that stuff. And then I think a lot of, uh, and as you point out, probably was aping what was happening on the soap opera, but that was happening over like yeah. a period of a year. In the period of, a, of two hours, plot ideas come up. And get thrown away. And if that was being, if that was trying to ape that and trying to be a parody, then make that obvious. Yeah, Instead, it just right. seems like sloppy writing and sloppy. And that would be that'd be not a hard thing to do, and would really set up some nice comedic points. Mm -hmm. He almost does it with um, a late exposure, a quick in the middle of everything else. We find out someone is not who they seem to be. Right. And. But even that is too little, too late, and goes nowhere, and there's no real right, explanation right, for it. Right. We expected some just go crazy ending, uh, a crazy third act, and it goes crazy, but not crazy enough, and it's not really telegraphed. Yeah. That's where it's going to go. Really disappointed myself in the makeup they used for yeah. Johnny Depp. Uh, it was horrible. It was amateurish, vampire, dark. Uh, and, it was Halloween costume. And it was inconsistent from scene to scene. Yeah, it was, it, but it was a Halloween costume. On the other hand, I really like Jackie, uh, Jackie Earl, Earl Haley. Haley as Willie Loomis. You talk, man, about a guy whose second act in career is fantastic. Yeah. He's a good character actor. I, You know, it's... Loved him on Human Target. Loved him in Watchmen. Watchmen, yeah. Um, Target was a great show. And yep. I even liked him as Freddy Krueger. I didn't like the remake as much, but I thought he was a good choice to take over as Freddy Krueger. Um, and probably one of the few actors that could be creepier without the makeup. Could make Freddy Krueger uh, creepier without the scars. Yeah. Um, 
but he always brings something new and different to it. It's not. It's it's like um, Patrick Warburton always plays a different kind of idiot and impresses me because that's yes. a really interesting yes. ability to have. Jackie Earl Haley is not the same creep twice. No, no, and and, and, and he wasn't really he was he wasn't creepy. It's Willie. Creepy kind in this. Of, he was, it's like the scene where where Johnny's walking into the big anteroom and saying, "Have you ever seen such magnificent splendor?" He goes, every yeah, "Pretty day. much every day." <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, it, there were nice moments, but it was yeah. the, but it, it was a Tim Burton film where I thought, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I'll probably see it again, but I mean, I'll probably watch it. I should say, see it again. Like I won't yeah. pay money, but. Uh, but I will I will probably watch it on TV and go yeah it, but it's not like some, one I'm, I'm going to seek out and again some uh, Burton's attention to detail in in recreating the 70s and that period of time the choice of the music the choice of what he was showing to us Barnabas moment with the lava lamp yes <laughs> it's just uh, there there's a lot of there's a lot of Burton goodness in there there's just nothing holding it together yeah, yeah. you know what else was cool in Avengers. <laughs> I didn't do that. I did not do that. That was Nate. Um, so yeah, so cool. Yeah. Oh, which tells me, you know, but it does say that in the next week or two, we need to probably see Avengers again. Uh, see Avengers again, <laughs> but also Thanks. kind of look at what are the movies um, that are better that are coming than that are going to come in and try to compete. No, we know the best ones oh. come out. I'm not going to argue that point with you. I'm not going to argue that point with you, but but. What's coming up this summer? What's coming up this summer? Because I, the thing I will say, now that you draw me back into the Avengers, is when I was in high school and college, I knew that every summer there was one movie that sort of defined it for summer for me because I would see it five or six times. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. been a long time since a movie has gotten to me that well that I've thought. I might actually pay to I'm see that. I'm bored five or six. this Saturday afternoon. I'm going to go pay to see, see that movie. I, I just might uh, just might be that movie yeah, to to, yeah. to do that to me, you know. So I, you know, so it'll stand up there with Flash Gordon, with Tron, Big Trouble in Little China, oh, and embarrassingly, oh, yeah. uh, embarrassingly and proudly enough, really locked Strange locked the- Brew. Uh, so <laughs> what? I wow. paid to see Strange Brew at least six times in the theater. Awesome, <laughs> awesome movie. Um, so let's. Uh, so there's one other thing we uh, need to talk about. I'm trying to bring up the actual data here. Are we talking about the Spider- Amazing Spider-Man video game? Nope. I can talk about that. You real can talk quick. about that. Okay, we we'll go to the oh, yeah, let's game. do video games because we got a two. Uh, two so the Amazing there. Spider-Man video game was announced. I guess it was announced today. Who knows? There were Marvel links and Amazon links. Anyway, the video game that goes with the movie or based on the movie or whatever you want to call it comes out June 24th. I'm glad you're telling me that so I can put a link up on Fanboy Planet to Amazon. If you pre-order through Amazon, you get Stan Lee as a playable character and he's got his own mission. And then at the end of Does the Does he have web shooters? They show a picture of him swinging on a web. It says he uses Spider-Man's power, so I'm assuming he does have web shooters. Super That'd be strength, cool, and especially if they get crawl. him to do all his own voices. He does say quotes, uh, Stan Lee Excelsior. quotes. Yeah. And uh, it is the 50th anniversary of Spider-Man this year, so according to this little article, there is probably some special you know, post-game credits treats for you or whatever. And if you pre-order at uh, GameStop, you get the Rhino. Is that a metaphor? Oh, <laughs> that's it may a true be. story. <laughs> because if your choice is getting Stanley as a pay- playable character or the Rhino, you got the Rhino. You got the Rhino. <laughs> you got the rhino. 
It's scaly. <laughs> it's slow. It's, Did uh, I say June 24th? It's either 24th or the 26th. And now it's not on my phone anymore. You so we can, we can also... I'll put that link up on Fanboy Planet, and uh, people can go there and pre-order. Um, support. Wonderful. Because you do two things. You get Stan Lee as a playable character, and you help keep Fanboy Planet alive for just another month or so. And we, have a, we have some more Avengers news. Oh, do uh, Rather, characters from the Avengers news. Because um, oh. they weren't all that new, but there was a promotion recently for two iOS um, oh, yeah. games. And they were both only a dollar each. One was Captain America, Sentinel of, of Liberty. Liberty, and the other one was Thor, Thor. Son of Asgard. Yes. And um, Shang Chi has prepared. And are you talking uh, about your son or the actual my son, Shang Chi master Shang-Chi, of kung fu? Okay. Yeah, Who is the master named. of kung fu? You've okay. got to go back and go back to the archives when we talk about kid kid names because we were saying, well, what? Because Derek was <laughs> able to name his son after a. No, that's uh, not what I named okay. him. Okay, yes, it is. so it wasn't. It. But I, I said that I'd always wanted to name my son Shang-Chi. And awesome. It stuck. Anyway, he's... And unfortunately, for about the first six months that I knew Justin, that is exclusively how I uh, You did not know it. his name was Justin? I, he told me... Uh, Rick told me once, and Justin didn't speak to me. He just said... I would just say, hey, Shang-Chi, and he'd go, eh. Uh, <laughs> so... Um, <laughs> Anyway, he's done a, he's done an article for the web page for the Fanboy yes, yes, Planet. Yes, I got that page. article in my email today. So that'll go up soon. But we can talk a little bit about the games because uh, you played the I played Captain, Captain America, America um, and I'm fairly impressed. This is probably yep. the most compl- you know. Uh, and you were playing it on the iPhone. I'm 4S. playing it on the iPhone on the iPhone 4S. Uh-huh. And Nate uh, had turned me on to that a couple of weeks ago. Marvel vs. Marvel vs. Capcom Two was up. Oh, yeah, for like I keep on forgetting to download that one. Um, Three Avengers. Stink. I think it went up. I think it went up. Um, it went up the week, two weeks ago. And it's not a, it's not a bad game. Um, I'm just not a big uh, Spider, head-to-head fight game guy, you know. And and uh, Luke and I play, uh, Kid McCaw and I played it because <laughs> I gave it to him on his iP- on his iPod, and it can, has Bluetooth connection. Yeah. You can play against each other. So we did, and it was a lot of I don't know what I'm doing, but you're kicking my butt. Dang it! Why am I getting my butt kicked by an eight year old? <laughs> Um, you know, um, but I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and I, so I'm adjusting to this in general. The, pr- the thing about the pressing touch. glass is an interesting UI. Yes. Yeah. But I'm really enjoying Captain America Sentinel of Liberty. Okay, so you've I'm gotten. Really, I'm impressed with the. I'm on uh, the fifth level okay. right now. I, I really like the 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 interface. I uh-huh. guess you say is. And the what you have to do it's it was fairly it's intuitive. fairly straightforward the swiping left and right. I'm and impressed tapping. with the graphics. I'm yeah. really impressed with the, the graphics. The graphics look really good. Justin was not really happy with the controls though. Now he was playing it on an iPod Touch, which is not is it, it not which is not same? an iPhone. And when we when he tried it on my iPad, it was it was more responsive there, even though it says it supports all the all the different okay. uh, colors. Okay. But he doesn't have an iPhone. He has the iPod Touch. Um, well, the, I'm so I'm so impressed that it, it makes me want to buy. You know, there's a Batman Arkham City for the iPod mm, and iPad, ah. and so uh, it's six ninety nine. It's a different mission, totally different, separate okay. from the game. Okay. And I try when I had an iPod, I I tried downloading it and it said no, my iPod is not powerful enough to run it. Yeah. But it was a very old iPod. Okay. So uh, iPod Touch, one of the first generations. So now I'm thinking now yeah, you should I, try I it again. Probably do it on this because uh, it works. It's just small. The only, yeah, the only thing that's going to make me potentially get an iPad is enjoying these games and wanting to be able to see what's going on <laughs> in them because my eyes are old. 
Now, the, the Thor, uh, son of Asgard, he was much, much happier with. Now, Captain America is what we, what we refer to as a side-scroller. Right. Basically, you're moving through a 2D space, you're, but you're, you've got a 3D rendered character in it, which yeah. is pretty standard these days. You know, it's yeah. just easy to get a realistic-looking character that way. Thor is a fixed camera uh, point of view, and you have more freedom of movement in a 3D okay. space. And the, he said the combat was a little bit repetitive, but uh, he actually enjoyed that a lot more than he did Captain America. Okay. So um, it's a short little review, but we'll maybe we'll expand a little bit. No, that's uh, good. You know, and then um, uh, I also picked up this weekend. The, then the I'd already bought the Captain America PS3 game. Okay. Which is essentially Captain America as Batman in Arkham Asylum, set in World War II, uh, fighting the Red Skull's forces and Baron Zemo's. It, down to even the. You were unlocking Baron Zemo's journal just like you d- nice. unlocked the Arkham, the Arkham Doctor uh, Arkham. Arkham's. But that's not bad. It was a, it was actually a lower key version that I could have my son play. I cannot let him play Arkham Asylum, no. for he will be scarred for life uh, at this age. Maybe when he's ten or eleven, I will. That's what um, Lego Batman is for. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Thank you for that smug look. But I also picked up the Thor game this weekend uh, at a yeah. at a closing Best Buy. Uh, so, have you played oh, it? Where no, was I that? have not yet. It got really, really bad reviews in Westwood. Oh. So um, yeah, it, uh, I, I don't know. I yeah. just wanted to completely. But if you got it at a real good price, it's I got I got it at a good price. And the other one from last wait, what's the trifecta? Was I got the Green Lantern Rise of the Manhunter, oh. which was actually pretty oh, good. Yeah. Did you get the Incredible Hulk movie game? No, I did not. That was like have you played six years ago, wasn't it? No. Uh, what platform is it on? It's on Xbox, Xbox 360. I don't have an Xbox 360. It it's might be on PS3. Have. If it's a PS3, I can go back and um, find, find did it. Did you ever play Ultimate Destruction for PS2? No, I did not. I really wanted to get to play okay, that. Because so. that is the best Incredible Hulk game ever made. The Incredible Hulk movie game is very similar to it. has pretty much the exact same controls. Uh, uses Edward Norton's voice, etc. It's not the Hulk game, which was using Eric Bana and was not as good. No, I don't care to hear Eric Bana play. Thank you. I would like to pretend that that one didn't happen. I should mention also that I saw on a group on Facebook, and I couldn't send you guys the link because I was on my phone, the X-Men arcade game, Children of the Atom, whatever it was called, was available on the iPhone and all the iProducts for free through Amazon somehow. That's a side-scrolling fighter. Yes, it's the yeah. old arcade game. It's like where a, it could be like, it's like the old teenage character. Mutant Tur- exactly. Turtles. Exactly. So I have to go to Amazon and try to find it. You have to go to Amazon, and it's like a sale. It's you should send us links there. to all this, and you can put it up on the website, and other yeah. people can get it too. I couldn't send you a link because I was on my phone when you get home okay, tonight. I just said that. Okay. Then I'd have to use the computer, Rick. Yes. Would you please for us for. And for I feel like listening. we're actually very focused since the Shamelon's not here to, to do this video because we could have actually condensed this. We've been very focused on comic-oriented stuff. Yes. Very focused on Marvel, and, uh, which is weird. Uh, and Because uh, the Avengers came out, and it is awesome. <laughs> but are we, uh, Have we run out of things to talk about? I, I feel like we probably could say we have. I, mean, I think, I think I, we, it's I, been a know, good show. Tra- it's, been, it's been a good, good show. Absolutely. Should mention that, of course, Disney, to no one's surprise, said that Avengers 2 is moving forward. Shocking. Yeah. Shocking. It'll be out next week. Um, uh, 2015, I think, is what they're shooting for. One little pre-announcement. You and I, probably Nate, although he doesn't know yet, perhaps Lon, although he hasn't a bad history of it, will be at Baycon. 
doing a live Memorial podcast. Day weekend, and I can actually tell you right now that we, I will be in LA Memorial Day. I weekend. suspected you would. Damn it! We, you might make it. Who knows what's going to happen between now and then? Oh, good God! I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I know what's going to happen between. <laughs> Tiffany's going to wake up. So <laughs> Memorial Day weekend Sunday. Smell the coffee from two thirty to four thirty. We will be in other location too. <laughs> I don't know where. Fantastic. Uh, but this is I, at. I, uh, I don't know if you've seen my schedule. I don't know if you have access to it, but I am on a marathon that day. I am on a marathon, too. I'm on, I'm on two panels, panels with you. Uh, yeah. You're on two panels with me. I'm, I'm on, on four panels. I'm on that Avengers day. the Movie with you. I am just, on you're having play Avengers the this Movie podcast. Panel. We will just play <laughs> this podcast. Awesome. Avengers the Movie with you. I'm on What Changed in DC's Complete Refresh with you. And then the Fanboy Planet podcast, and then I'm not I'm I'm doing a Battlestar Galactica original versus reimagined with a bunch of other people. Okay, I might show up for that. And, and sit on the panel like I always do. There you go. And then uh, on Monday I'm doing a panel uh, on the future of uh, computer interfaces because I'm kind of a computer guy too. Kind of. Yeah, that's why you're the producer. You understand this stuff. Yeah. PowerPoint. All star. Okay, thank you. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I hear a train coming, and which means we got to catch that because we're hobos. Um, it means the world has yet to end. Excellent. Always as good. As long news. as there are trains, that's good. If there's a zombie engineer, man, I'm going to be really pissed. Uh, so <laughs> anyway, if you've got questions, comments, compliments, commentary, write into editor at fanboyplanet.com or sandpaper at fanboyplanet.com. Until the next time we meet again. Uh, After which we have all seen Avengers again. <laughs> Maybe. I'm going to go see The Dictator tomorrow night. We'll see how that oh, goes. Nice. Uh, <laughs> we'll be, anyway, I'm Derek McCaw, Editor-in-Chief of FanboyPlanet.com. I am Nate Costa. Happy birthday to my brother, friend of the program, Ben Costa. Hey, Ben, happy birthday. You'll get this a couple days later, and you won't listen to it anyway. Exactly. Yeah, and so. I'm Rick Center catching that train and reminding you to use, use your powers only for food and to watch the Avengers again. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. You can find more Luke Ski music by going to the thump, T-H-E-F-U-M-P dot com. While you're there, check out his blog and find the link to his Kickstarter project where you can support his art. You'll be glad you did.